This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's the middle of the year, so it's a good time to take stock of your investing strategy. There have been lots of headlines about how hot the stock market is. Obviously, the S&P 500 continues to make new highs all-time highs this year. And I think we're up to maybe seven or eight on the year now of new all-time highs in the S&P 500. The NASDAQ is the hotter index though. That was up 21% in the first six months of the year. So that leads us to the never-ending question, what about value stocks? How are they doing in 2019? So um, an ETF of value stocks, if you own one of those, which I do, but if you owned one, this would have include most likely stocks in these three sectors, plus some others, but these three main sectors, retail, energy, and the banks. These sectors are all cheap right now, but they are, as you know, either dismissed or hated on Wall Street right now. Um, and I, you know, had taken a look at these, uh, all three of these sectors many times on this podcast because they are cheap, they are values, but um, they're just not performing as well as some of the others. And I did just a quick look at some of the uh, value ETFs just to get a handle on where value is headed or has been here so far in 2019. So I took a look at the Vanguard Value Index ETF. So this is a very basic one. VT. V, I think is the ticker. I can't read my own writing. VTV, it was up 14% year to date, um, which doesn't sound that bad. Um, but I compared it to the Vanguard Growth Index ETF. VUG is the ticker for that one. And that one, as you might expect, because growth with that NASDAQ doing so well, growth has been outperforming once again. That was up 22.9%. So that's even outperformed a little bit of the NASDAQ, which was up 21. So you're still getting the 14% in the value index ETF, that Vanguard one, but it is underperforming most of the major indexes on the first six months of the year. This continues a trend that became pretty obvious, I would say around 2017. So over the last two years, the growth index is up 28.6%, while value is up just 15.4%. However, the growth index did get hit a lot harder in that November, December 2018 sell-off we got. So not surprising because it was more speculative that got hammered hard, but now has bounced back and um, even, you know, in a bigger way, bigger ratio than the value stocks have, which is why we're getting such big outperformance. So this brings me back to the dilemma faced by value investors. Value is clearly out of favor and it's underperforming. It's not horrible performance. I mean, 14% year to date isn't awful, obviously, but if I can get higher just by buying the um, S&P 500 or, you know, not to mention the NASDAQ or these other growth components, why wouldn't I? Good stock picking can help on some of this, 
But the reality is growth is seeing the bigger gains. Now, this also happened in the 1990s secular bull market when the NASDAQ was up, remember this, 100% in a single year. Remember, that's when Warren Buffett was attacked in the media for being out of touch. And, you know, he was um, called out for not getting it, quote unquote, getting it about the tech stocks like Cisco, Dell, Microsoft, and Intel. He refused to buy those for his portfolio. Uh, he underperformed in the late 1990s because of that, because those were soaring and the value stocks simply were not. But Warren Buffett did have the last laugh during the bearish years that came after 2000, as a lot of his investments um, you know, were at least more stable than what happened with the big sell-off, that bearish sell-off in the dot-com bust. So he has patience to wait for the growth to fizzle and for value to come back again, which it always does. But the rest of us don't really have that skill. It's really hard to sit on the sidelines buying the banks or the airlines while everyone else is buying Visa or Chipotle or the Fang or any technology stock. That's why, um, while it was shocking to hear that Berkshire bought nearly a billion dollars worth of Amazon stock earlier this year, um, remember that, I've done episodes on that, it does make some sense. So we all we know is Warren Buffett's two lieutenants one of them, we don't know which one, bought these shares. So maybe maybe those guys were tired of buying the airlines. Remember Berkshire Hathaway owns like, I think it still owns four airlines, which I've always wondered like why. But the real answer to that why question is because they really weren't finding much else to buy that was cheap enough. So they were underperforming probably the overall market too because value is just underperforming. And um, remember, Buffett himself seems annoyed that they bought the Amazon and he had explained that they were still value investors and that's how they're still valuating companies. But let's be honest, um, even with the stock price price weakness in Amazon to end 2018, it wasn't a value stock by any classical metric versus its peers. If you're looking at Amazon versus them, then maybe, maybe that's how they were justifying it, which I've talked about on this podcast as well, that if you want some technology exposure, you may need to value it based on the other tech stocks and not on classical value metrics. Because again, let's be honest, these are growth stocks. They're not classical value stocks. So Buffett may still insist, oh no, my lieutenants are still value investors, but they clearly um, rejected that. <laughs> One of them did to buy Amazon here. And also remember Berkshire is now really heavily weighted into financials. I think it's 49% of its total portfolios in some kind of finance, whether or not that's insurance, the banks, anything financial related. Um, so it, you know, that's been underperforming, as I said earlier. Finance is one of the areas that hasn't been doing all that great in recent years. So buying Apple shares in 2016 really helped 
um, with their portfolio because it did give them some technology exposure. And Apple shares this year are up uh, almost 28% year to date and almost 40% over the last two years. And that definitely has outperformed the S&P 500, which is up 21% during that same time. But the portfolio still needs more growth to keep it competitive with the growth stocks, basically, because again, nearly half is in some kind of financial in their portfolio. So, um, you know, the obvious things that they're going to look at are the things that I've talked about here, which are the FANG names, for instance, or any kind of big cap tech name. And remember, because of the sheer size of their portfolio, they're mostly limited to large cap monster stocks, not completely, as remember, they did buy that small cap, one of them, we don't know which lieutenant bought this one either, but they did buy that small cap payments uh, company down in Brazil. They bought a, a little position in that. So that was a little surprising, but that's not big enough to move their portfolio uh, because it's just too small. So they are limited to the large caps. But if you're a value investor and you're looking as well for some big cap growth diversification, um, you know, why not look at the FANG names? I, I took a look at them for this podcast again because they do offer some stability, interestingly enough. And some of them have some real good shareholder-friendly things going on right now. But how cheap are the fangs here? They haven't. Uh, they have rebounded off their 2018 lows, but not quite as dramatically as some of the other big growth stocks. But let's take a look at if any of these are remotely even what we consider to be cheap. And if you're going to look at them as uh, based on their peers, which ones have the best outlook? So let's start with Facebook because that leads it off. Ticker is FB. The PE now on Facebook is 27. So that's not awful. It's not nosebleed level. Price to book is at 6.4. Price to sales is at 9.4. Um, I own this one in my own personal portfolio. It has lagged because of the issues with privacy and um, things that are going on on the Facebook platform. I still like it for Instagram, but um, Facebook is uh, among the cheaper ones here, as you'll soon see as we make our way through them. So that's the F. Then um, the A, we would have Amazon, which Berkshire did buy a couple months ago. AMZN is the ticker there. I do also own this one. The PE has actually come down on this. Remember, it used to be at like 250 times earnings, but those earnings have really exploded higher now. So it has a PE of, of only and I'm saying that kind of sarcastically here, but only 71, which actually is among its lowest PE ratios like ever. Price to book is at 19.3. Price to sales isn't so bad at 3.9. Um, so obviously nobody's ever bought Amazon for the PE, but it is getting to be in the more legit level range for one of these big growth stocks. Okay, I did take a look at Apple as another A name and Berkshire already owns that one. Is it as cheap as it used to be? Because they did get in pretty cheap when they bought a couple of years ago. So Apple, AAPL, it now has a PE of 17.3. You used to be able to get it at about 10 or 11 
times and um, its price to book is 8.6, price to sales is 3.6. It does have declining earnings expected for this fiscal year. It's not a lot. It's like 3.5%, but it's something you're kind of shocked to see that its earnings are going to be a little bit below the prior year. So um, is this stock trading as cheap as I would like to get it for like that earnings outlook? Not really. And as I said, we've seen it cheaper than what it is here. Okay, let's switch over to Netflix. And that one has a PE of 109. So Netflix has always been among the more expensive of the FANG names and continues to be. Has a price to book of 28 and a price to sales of 10. So none of those are cheap metrics by any means. And then the G, which is alphabet, but we're going to go with it with the G-O-O-G-L for the ticker is still among the cheaper of the FANG names. The PE is 23.7. Price to book is just 4.1. Price to sales is 5.3. And those shares have come come back down a little bit here. So if you know, I continue to look for Alphabet. I do own Alphabet in my own portfolio, but I'm looking to maybe add to my position a little bit. I would be looking and I've been tr trying to get it under 20 on that PE, but so far that hasn't been happening. So I continue to watch that one. And I wanted to take a quick look outside of the FANG names at Microsoft because it is among the largest of uh, companies now by market cap, Microsoft MSFT. That PE is at 29 now. Price to book is at 10.9. Price to sales is at 8.5. Now, Berkshire in the past has bought a lot of companies that are big name consumer brands. Remember, they owned Wrigley. They, he, he was a big, big lover of Coke. So these Brands with moats is what he likes. So I thought, like, what about a company like McDonald's? That's been on tear, ticker MCD, but it's not real cheap here either. PE is at 25.8 and has a price to sales ratio of 7.7. .7. So just looking at some of these growth names, I would conclude here that nothing is really cheap. No surprise. And you really need, if you're looking to add some of these growth names, to look at growth stocks compared to their peers. So if you do that, Facebook is among the better deals here. Um, I would say also Warren Buffett himself likes companies with strong cash flow. That's why he loved buying into Apple. And that would probably put Microsoft in the running here as well, even though it's slightly more expensive on a P.E. ratio. They're doing big buyback program, plus they pay a dividend, and some of these others do not. Apple has the same kind of uh, scenario, but none of the others are paying that dividend. So that's something, if you're interested in that aspect, you um, should keep in mind, too. And remember, in growth markets, there's no shame in value investors buying some growth stocks. Of the FANG, I do own, as I just said, I own Facebook, I own Amazon, and I own Alphabet. And I'm still buying value in my own personal portfolio, and that includes energy and retail. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of a glutton for punishment on those areas that everybody hates, but um, once a value investor, you're always one, right? And I'm sure 
that Warren Buffett and his lieutenants are over there looking at some of these like really hated stocks to see if there's any good deals. And we'll soon find out from their second quarter filing if they're seeing anything else outside of Amazon uh, to buy because there there is some uh, value out there, but you have to have some guts, obviously, to go into these areas that the stock market hates and that are underperforming. And then there's another bigger question. Will Berkshire be buying more Amazon? We're going to find out. But my feeling is now that they've done it, now that there's been, you know, one or one bigger buy of almost a billion, which is really nothing for the overall size of that portfolio, I wouldn't be surprised if they were building like a larger position in it because the door has been opened now to this idea that even Berkshire Hathaway may stray away from, um, you know, the value fundamentals of the past and may add some diversification in some of these big cap growth names. And, you know, so we'll see. But I do find this uh, next quarterly report that they're going to put out to be really intriguing about what they've been buying. And remember, not everyone is Warren Buffett because, as I mentioned, he will wait on the sidelines underperforming for years or decades. And obviously, even his lieutenants, these are the two guys he's picked to lead Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio after he's gone, supposedly, even they aren't willing to wait on the sidelines like he is. So it's okay not to wait on the sidelines and not to be Warren Buffett. Make an investing strategy for you. You Don't make it for Warren Buffett, for Benjamin Graham, um, not for any other value investors, or even don't be necessarily wed to one strategy. Um, because you're not a fund manager. You can do whatever you want with your own portfolio. And in a bull market, investing should be fun. That's what we're in here. We keep hitting new highs. So if you're not having fun by what you're investing in, if you are cursing some stock and saying management is awful and look at those earnings, it's a disaster, Get out of that. Get into something that's not a disaster. There's plenty of great run companies that are killing it out there right now. Go find those. Um, and if it happens to be value, fantastic. If it doesn't, you're diversifying outside and getting a little bit more of those growth names. So again, if value has you frustrated, if you're if you're like, no, I'm not buying another airline or or, or no, I own too many banks already or whatever it is that's driving you crazy about value or you don't want to buy the retailers, then diversify and look at your options um, and try to find some value among peers in the growth category. So let's recap the stocks I talked about today. There were quite a bit of them here. So I did talk about just the Vanguard Value Index ETF. That's just like a basic value fund. And that ticker is VTV. Um, as long as I can read my writing, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Vanguard Growth Index is VUG if you're interested in just the basics and buying one of the indexes. Nothing wrong with that. We did talk about Apple. Um, AAPL is that ticker. We had Facebook 
FB, Google slash alphabet, G-O-O-G-L, Netflix is N-F-L-X, Amazon, A-M-Z-N, and we threw in Microsoft too because they're so big and um, they've been on fire this year in 2019, M-S-F-T is the ticker there. So you want to make sure that you subscribe here so that you get all of our podcasts in the second half of 2019. Because I am about to begin reading the, um, the oh yes, McDonald's too, sorry. Danny was just uh, telling me that I left out McDonald's off of my list here of tickers. I mentioned them too, they're not cheap, but good growth stock and story going on there. Um, but yes, so I did get the Intelligent Investor, as I've mentioned in the past. And now that we're getting a little break here with this holiday, I'm going to start reading it. So that means I'm going to be summarizing what's going on in there and whether or not you should be reading that book. So you don't want to miss a single episode going forward here this summer because they're about to get kind of interesting, I think. And so you want to subscribe. You can get us on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts as a standalone and you can get us two for one on the market edge on soundcloud so if you're looking for us on soundcloud type in the zach's market edge and you'll find value investor podcast plus the market edge podcast over there but be sure to get us somewhere so you get all these good episodes on the intelligent investor and everything else as i'll be bringing you stocks every week um, coming forward so i'll see you again next week with some more stocks This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.